Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You are now listening to NYY Sports Talk, a New York Yankees podcast. Find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Potable. Or you can head to nyysportstalk.com slash podcast and subscribe right from the website. For live in-game Yankee updates, news, and fan giveaways, follow on Twitter at nyysportstalk. Now, let's talk Yankees baseball with Christian and Chris. Welcome back to the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. This is episode 28, presented by the Armchair All-Americans. I'm Christian. Find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST, alongside my co-host, Chris. Hello, guys. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> All right, that's this week's show. You can follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Chris, say goodbye. <laughs> Uh, so what's going on, pal? Nothing, man. Last week. Last week until it gets fun again. Uh, yep. Back on our Sunday recording, uh, Chris had a little function yesterday that kept him from being here for more important activities. It's keeping me from being here today, too. I'll tell you that right now. I'm hungover, guys. No. Still drunk. How are you still drunk? Still drunk. When's the last time you had a drink? Uh, you picked your kid up at 10.30. That was... A, I was not driving. That was just... That was like 13 hours ago and you're still drunk. I had a designated driver. I did not personally pick my son up. But yeah, it happens. Do you, want, do you guys want to hear... Well, this episode is going to be titled Getting to Know NYYST because all week long we've been asking you guys to send in questions <coughs> of a more personal nature because... Um, this Tuesday, the big Gene Monahan interview is coming out, the getting to know, uh, next part of our getting to know series. So we said, why don't we do something similar so our fans can get to know us a little bit better? So you guys send in some questions. We'll answer them later. One of you is going to win a prize, but getting to know NYYST before we get to that segment, let me peel back the curtain here and let you to get to know Chris on a different level and what a dirtbag that he is. He gets to go out and have a fun time last night, <laughs> and who gets stuck with his kid? You. Yep. Not, I don't want to say get stuck with him. I mean. That's real nice. Jack's a bit of an asshole, but I mean, we he do is. know who his father is, so. Right. You're grateful. You're grateful that I asked you. Oh, I am? Yeah. We're you, <laughs> you trying to be big, a hard, tough guy, but I'm getting pictures of like Jack falling asleep on you, and you're getting all emotional. I never got emotional yeah, about did. it. You cried. I didn't cry. You had a tear. Yeah. How would you know? You weren't even here. 
I don't have a son of my own yet, or you know, we'll see how that goes in life. But you're gonna have a daughter. One of one of the highlights of my life thus far was getting your son to sit down and watch He Man with me. That was the low light of my life. That was it. That was an emotional moment. It was it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. He Man. So uh, we're a couple of days away from spring training. Yankees are reporting on Wednesday, which is also Valentine's Day. Did you get your wife anything? No. No. Why? It's just a day. I tell her all the time. It's just a day. Yeah, but here's what the thing is, right? This is the way I see it anyway. I hate Valentine's Day. I think it's one of the biggest bullshit corporate holidays of the year. It's just a way to keep the flour and chocolate business going throughout the course of a fiscal year right but you can't be that guy nah you can't can't be that guy you can't i look up to the guys who can be that guy you know but you can't i can't no (laughs) i do not i'm not manly enough for that i'll admit it i can admit those things i'm not a manly enough guy to be like Babe. But I do want to say I'm going to be that guy this year. Yeah, okay. Then you can sleep on my couch. I have my own couch right here, <laughs> so I don't need your couch. Come on, let's talk about uh All right, so what was Yankees. I Yeah, see sidetracking. Um so Valentine's Day is this Wednesday. Also more importantly to what we do here, Yanks are going to camp. Pitchers and catchers report on the 13th. Excuse me. Is it and 13th? I don't know why I keep getting that mixed up. You keep getting it mixed up, but you're right and wrong. They report on the 13th, and they start their first workout on the 14th. All right, so, so anyway, the first baseball activity is going to be Wednesday. Yeah, the first official. First official baseball activity is going to be Wednesday. So, I mean, that's going to be cool. You finally get to see guys out there on the field instead of all this. But a couple of things have happened this week. We had a couple of free agent signings. So, you know, a couple of things are trickling in. I guess maybe a few guys are getting a little anxious as – uh Camp nears that they want to be somewhere. Do you think within this next week it's going to be like a like one after the other, just like rapid signings now? I like, think by f- like the Hosmers, the Mustakases, guys like that, JD I, Martinez. I think by the next time we record, whether that's Saturday or Sunday next weekend, I'll we'll see a good six to ten name guys sign. Mm, that's fair because I think or. I think that honestly now what's going to happen is that they're going to see guys out there. They're going to start itching for it now, and they're going to want to sign somewhere. What do you think about Arietta? We'll get to that in a minute. Let's get to more – well, not that that doesn't tie into what the Yankees were going to do or wanted to do, but let's let's bring it back here to um, the first move of the week. Uh, Todd Frazier signed with the Mets two years, $17 million. Happy for him. Initial reaction was, what? Was this true, the $12 million that the Yankees put on the table? I didn't even hear that. Yeah, I've been hearing it. Two for 12 or one no, for 12? No, one. One for and 12. And he didn't take it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Apparently, he wanted uh, the years. I don't know how true that is. I, I've been hearing it from a bunch of people the Yankees had offered uh, one year 12 mil. Not my when I said my initial reaction was like what it wasn't that I was surprised that he went to the Mets because I've been saying it for the longest time that I thought that would be the perfect spot for you him to go to. You were surprised that the Yankees passed up on him. two for seventeen and they didn't pull the trigger on that. Can I say something? 
it's very difficult to convey this message via social media, but you made a great point. Everyone's saying it's about the years. And yes, it's not about the money. It's about the years. But for $9 million, which is what he's owed next year yeah. in 2019, you're telling me the Yankees couldn't dish him out at that point? If he had a year similar to what he had last year where he hit – even in the 220s, but he hit 25 home runs, 75 RBIs, got on base. You know, you look at his on-base percentage, it doesn't blow you away, but if he's getting on base at like a 330 clip, that's 100 points better than his batting average, which is amazing when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it is. And he plays, um, it's not a, even say, not even say a, a great third base, but a steady third base. You can't move him. Right. You can't trade him next year. You would year. have found the team to take all if not most of that contract, um, and to see him as a valuable commodity for their team. Or you don't think the Yankees would see him at $9 million as being insurance to play first base, play third base? Yeah. I, that's Be a what DH. surprised me. That's what surprised He's me. He's versatile in that sense that he can play the corners. And we say it a million times. His value is more than what he brings talent. Wise on the field. And I said this to you before we came on the show. I'm tired of people. I get that we're in a new age of baseball where numbers are everything and sabermetrician and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, go choke on your calculator because honestly, there's a lot of things that a lot of different guys do that can't be quantified by numbers. There's an intrinsic value to certain players. (coughs) That's why a guy like. Back to coughing. That's why a guy like Brett Gardner, even though he hit. What are you, 255 last year, 260? He's, he's more valuable than a 260 hitter because he's your leadoff guy. The Yankees don't have a leadoff guy. So if you trade Brett Gardner, who's your leadoff guy? Right? Right. So that's a value you gotta place on him. Brett Gardner is your team leader. As much as, you know, it's Judge's team, it's gonna be Stanton's team, it'll be Sanchez's team. But he's the veteran guy. That's his team. You gotta put a value on that. And the same thing with Todd Frazier. And I wrote an article. I came out of the woodwork this I week. I loved it. I loved the article. It was actually a great read. And I appreciate I complimented you. Yeah, I appreciate your kind words there. Thank you. Um, I haven't written much since probably August, but I felt the need to, you know, write a little bit something on the Frazier thing for nyysportstalk.com. And if you noticed, when the Yan- when he came over here and the Yankees were really, they started getting on back on track and they were making their push to lock up their wild card in, in the postseason. I'm not saying that Frazier got the big hit all the time, but he got a walk. He got a, he got on base yeah. somehow. Or even in him being the first guy over the dugout railing when a big run scored. Those Can I are say things something? That, that you can't put a number on, but they're important to a team. Listen, this I'm not saying the numbers aren't important because obviously numbers are very important, especially in baseball. But this goes back to Derek Jeter. I mean, if you strip Derek Jeter from everything he brought outside of his talent and you just hone in on his numbers, you're looking at a guy who you can easily say, and I'm not taking away that he's a 3,000-plus hitter. That's a major accomplishment. But the guy also played how many years? 20-plus years? He came up what ninety, technically ninety five, but played his first full season in ninety six. Yeah, I mean, retired in two thousand fourteen, right? So. 
So he was never someone who you can look on paper and just say, this guy was one of the greatest baseball players to ever live. You don't say that about Derek Jeter because of the numbers. You say it about Derek Jeter because of everything he brought to the game on and off the field. There's still guys like that. Not com- not comparing Todd Frazier to Jeter in any way. What I'm saying is his value is more than what you see on a piece of paper or on baseball reference or anything like that. All right, so this brings up a lot of a lot of questions, right? You got to think about it like this. Was it the second year that scared the Yankees away? Do you think that maybe we don't know? I wasn't in a meeting room or anything, but do you think maybe Frazier's insistence on a second year scared the Yankees away? Mm. Like, Todd, we need you in 2018, but we don't need you in 2019. So you can come here for this year, but I don't, you know. I don't know. I I mean, the Yankees have everything plotted, I'd have to imagine. And there's got to be a reason that that second year just didn't make sense in any way for them. With the off chance they got stuck with him in 2019, maybe that was something that couldn't be in their plans. I don't know. The other thing is, this has just got, at the number he signed that, this has just got to be another sign that Cashman is ready to go with Miguel Andujar at, at third base. Yeah, but now I'm hearing some Eduardo Nunez talk. Yeah, there's, a, there's a little bit of a rumbling there, but... Which I think would be great, but he's... What'd you say? He's looking for a Frazier type contract now. Yeah, he had, he had a So you're really going to pass up on, on Todd Frazier, a guy who you know brought that X factor to this team last year for a guy like Nunez who might have a much better batting average. But I mean, come on. There's a reason why we let Nunez walk from this team He's a few years back. Better than what he was at that point. Though. I know that. But what I'm saying is for the same amount of money, why would you pass up on Frazier just to get Nunez? Because here's where uh, you're right. You're right. What I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? You're you're absolutely right. Say it. He if plays. You know- he plays more than third base. Exactly. If Didi goes down, there's Nunez. Right. If Torres doesn't work at second base, there's Nunez. And he's a respectable bat in the lineup. Yeah. And if you do want to do something stupid like trade Brett Gardner, I mean, he's not the prototypical leadoff hitter. But he's a guy you yeah, can plug in up there. Absolutely. So what he bat last year? Just he, roughly off the top of your head. I think he was. A, I think he was a three hundred hitter. Might have been. I think he was. I could be wrong. I know he, he was right on the cusp. If anything, I know that when he came over uh, in the trade to the Red Sox, he hit like three. He might have hit like three fifty with Boston or some crazy number Eight. like that. Yeah. If he didn't hit three hundred last year, then it was when he came to Boston how he just exploded. Which was something that, you know, Nunez was never a bad hitter when he was in New York. I'm Googling uh, Nunez to get his numbers. And the first thing that pops up and says Yankees interested in, in reunion with Nunez. Yeah, I know. It's been, a, it's been a story. He hit 313 last year. Right. So there you go. That's 100 points higher than Todd Frazier. But he didn't hit 20-plus home runs, I'm He's sure. He's a shitty defender, though. Yeah, yeah he was bad. And you weren't expecting him to be. Like, that's why they called him Noonie. <laughs> Noonie. <laughs> yeah. That was, I'll tell you what, if he was a good defender, he'd still be on this team. I really believe that. And we might not 
have a guy like Didi Gregorius right now. All right. Well, I mean, overall, are you disappointed that Todd Frazier's not coming back next year? It's so tough to say disappointed because, yeah, I wanted him back. I really loved what he brought to this team off the field. I love the chemistry. I love the energy. But to say him anything more than indifferent would be a lie, I think. As presently constituted, are the Yankees one of the three best teams in the American League? 100%. With Todd Frazier, would the Yankees be anything more than one of the three best teams in the American League? No. I think that's the way you have to look right. at it. And that's why, I, at the end of the day, I, I can say I'm indifferent. I, okay, maybe that's not fair to say indifferent. I'm a little disappointed, but not from a not from a successful standpoint for this team. Just more of a, I liked what he brought. To the young guys. And I know you saw it because I tweeted it. I mean, what the hell are the Mets doing? <laughs> they the, brought the thumbs down guy to the press on. conference. You had to know that was going to happen. That guy's going to be like the face of their franchise now. He's going to replace Mr. Met. Yeah. He's going to be like the uh, like Jared from Subway before he started. It's just We'll move on from <laughs> that. Okay. Um, <coughs> oh, sorry about the cough again. It's been a, It's been a while. I haven't coughed. Now it's back. So lucky you guys. <laughs> I mean, now that we're sitting so close to spring training, you let's be real. We're going with a combination of Torres, Torres, Wade. I honestly, I can't see Tyler Wade starting on this team. No, I can't. See anyone it. who keeps saying it, I just want to slap in the face. Tyler Wade is not going to start on this team. So you're looking at a comp pick. Two of these three guys, Torres, Gliber Torres, or Miguel Andujar. That's where your second and third base is going to come from. Right. And I, honestly, I personally think it's going to be Andujar and Torres to start the year. I honestly think they're going to try to screw with Gliber Torres' service time. Yeah. I really do. Because at least I said it a hundred times. You can live with, with Toe for six weeks to get you another year of control on Gliber Torres. I agree. So, can I make a point? Sure. That one of my buddies texted me. Uh huh. Um, genius, genius point, in my opinion. And he said this before Darvish signed. This was a few days ago. Oh, uh, so if you're gonna bring up Darvish, let's just get that out of the way. You Darvish signed with the Cubbies yesterday. Awful six, contract. Six for 126 and bonuses can get him up to $150 million right. over the life of the contract. Awful. Not the money. He, hey, I think he deserves the money, but to give a guy who's 31 years old six years, ridiculous. And all I can say is thank you for going to Chicago because you know I did not want him here. I know. Not for that. Absolutely not for that. I thought he'd get four years tops. That's crazy to me. That is a crazy contract to me. But anyway, my buddy texted me. That, again, this is before Darvish signed. And he said, look at what a genius Tanaka looks like now. Did he have a crystal ball? Did this guy? Did this guy's agent have a crystal ball and he knew that this was going to happen this year? It's interesting. I want to ask you this. If Tanaka opts out of his contract, where does he sit? How do you see it play out? He's probably unsigned at this point. It's crazy. 
But do you think he goes before Darvish? Yes, because he's better than Darvish. He's way better, I think. I, I want to say way better. Like he's, the numbers, the Darvish's numbers are pretty fascinating. He's a good pitcher. But he blew up on the big stage. That's, what, I'm, Tanaka, that's what I was just about to say. Tanaka, I'll say this. In recent years, I've never seen a guy more dominant in the postseason than he was this this past year. He was phenomenal. Your man. lasting image of both guys is that you Darvish couldn't hold what a five run lead in the World Series, and then he got another lead, another big lead, and couldn't hold that either. Right. Whereas, even though the Yankees didn't get to the World Series, Masahiro Tanaka dominated every game that he pitched in. Dominated is almost an understatement. I mean, the guy was brilliant. He was utterly brilliant all postseason. And, but you know what? When you're talking about a guy who's been up and down in the regular season, it's a lot of games. You know, these starters throw a lot of games and that's a lot of money to throw on a guy who, hey, might only be effective if your team makes it to the postseason. So it's tough. I don't think he'd be signed right now. I really don't. He was a genius. I, here's what the thing is with Tanaka is that I think, a lot of teams that may not have uh, access to his medical records like the Yankees do might be scared of the elbow because it. a lot of people still think it's a ticking time bomb in there. I still I still think it's a ticking time bomb. I really do. Could he have gotten more years on the open market? Probably. But his average annual value would have been less. But do you think that it was a drawn-out process for him and his agent to say, okay, look, 2018, this might be a tough free agency pool because in 2019, you're going to have guys like Harper, Machado, so on and so forth. And did they know, could they forecast that this was going to be a very slow offseason? I don't know, but if that's free agency, who's his agent and why didn't he do that for his other clients? <laughs> I mean, you just get, you have to imagine that they had some type of an idea that this was going to happen. Or it could have been as simple as that. Maybe I won't get this type of money. He could have, exactly. He could have been like, I'm not going to get this type of money on the open market. Maybe it wasn't because they foresaw the market as it is, but maybe because of his elbow and he knew he wasn't going to get that type of money because of the elbow. Hey, good for us. Good for him at the end of the day. Yeah. Good for us until opening day when he gives up four runs in the second inning. He's not pitching opening day. You think Seve's getting the ball? Come on, man. I don't know. No. I'll tell you something about baseball. Sevy's our ace now. That is that is it. You don't turn back from that. I don't care how good Tanaka was in the postseason. You don't turn away from that. Severino is your ace. He was third in Cy Young voting. He is your ace. He takes the ball on opening day. I promise you. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying if I wouldn't be surprised if Tanaka was named opening day starter. No, I think it's honestly going to be Sevy, Gray in game two. And then, because they're only playing two in Toronto, I believe. I haven't looked at the schedule. And then I think uh, Tanaka will pitch opening day at, at the stadium. We could do that. I think that's what's going to happen. I really do. And I think he's going to get a roaring applause. Roaring. Roaring. All right. So we'll segue back into the first part of the show when we're talking about who's going to play third base. Uh, interesting rumor, <laughs> interesting rumor this week, uh, that I spoke to uh, Joe Rivera on Twitter about, uh, your, your boy. Yeah. He doesn't like you. He told me. Good. 
Because I had heard, initially heard the rumor from him and then I wanted to pick his brain about it that Manny Machado's telling people that he doesn't want to play third base next year. He's going into free agent as a shortstop. Well, I forgot about that. Come on. Let's be real. These guys say, these guys say things, but if he gets a contract on his front steps from the New York Yankees, to play third base, he's going to play third base. All right, let me ask you this because I'll pick your brain the way I pick nope. Joe's brain. No, nope. no, what? You don't even know what I'm going to say. Move Didi, or even ask Didi to move. Here's yeah. all right. So let's take it through the progressions here. Manny Machado insists that he's only going to play third uh, shortstop next season. Insist on it. You sit down with his agent in the winter meetings, and he says Manny's not budging. He's playing shortstop. If you're Brian Cashman, do you immediately walk away and say, okay, we're not looking for a shortstop? No. No. You say, we're the New York Yankees. We hopefully just won a pennant or even a World Series. You're going to come play for us, and you're going to turn this successful team into a dynasty. But he's insisting on playing shortstop. You cannot convince him to play third base. Then you know what? He could go screw. You still put a, You still put an offer on the table. You don't just turn away because he's telling you he wants to play shortstop. You say, hey, you're not going to play shortstop, but we're going to pay you a, an insane amount of money to come to this team, and you're going to win three championships probably, maybe more. Would you ever entertain the idea of trading Didi Gregorius Never. to have Manny Machado play shortstop for Never. the Yankees? Didi has to have like an abysmal year for me to ever – But what's an abysmal year? If he hits 212 with eight home runs, mm-hmm. I mean, that's – I'm talking, he's got to be under the Mendoza line for me. He's got to have like a 190. And what's the, I mean, what's the likelihood of that happening? (laughs) Not likely at all. You would never in a million years entertain that thought of bringing in Machado and trading away Didi Glorious. It goes, I'm such a old school guy when it comes to stuff like that because Didi is so much more than numbers to me. We've been, it seems to be a I running know. theme in this right. show. That's what I'm saying. He's just so much more than that to me. He's the heart of this team right now. I really believe that. So, no. I don't entertain that idea. I want Didi on, on this team for the entire ride until it's time to rebuild again. Or whatever that was that they did. Could you see Didi playing third base? No, and I can't even see the Yankees asking him to. Because why would you? He's your he's your rock in the infield. You don't do that to a guy. You don't disrespect a guy like that. I could see Didi knocking on Boone's door and saying, hey, or Cashman's door, whatever. If Machado needs to play shortstop to come here, I'll move to third base. I could see that happening because that's the kind of guy he is. And that's why I don't trade him. You... Ask Didi Gregorius to do something that in the realm of baseball is nearly impossible to do. And that's replace a legend. Right. And he did it. I mean, and he did it with flying colors. I mean, outside of the first half of the first season that he was here, Didi Gregorius has been an all-star. You know, I read a quick article. I didn't, I skimmed through it on, uh, what Beltran's first thing he said to Didi was when he came here. What did he say? He said, you are not going to, to replace Derek Jeter. And the second you can absorb that and comprehend it, you'll be successful here. That's what he said right away. And you know what? I think when Didi shook off some of the nerves after that first half, he has been absolutely brilliant for this team. 
He's done a great job. Because if you, you know, it's, it's like a, a why, I don't know, a wise tale, rumor, whatever you want to call it. But apparently, and I, from what I understand is that the Yankees initial, uh, replacement for Jeter was supposed to be Jimmy Rollins. And he vetoed the trade because he said, <laughs> I, I don't want to follow Derek Jeter. And this is Jimmy Rollins, who's had a, who had a great major league career of his own, all star, world champion. He wasn't going to be a, was he going to replace he, didn't even, he, he even won an MVP, I believe, Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, I think so. I think he did. And even though he was on the back end of his career, he didn't want to be the guy. He didn't want to be the next guy in after Derek Jeter. Took a lot of balls to do it. I'll tell you that. And I mean, like we said, after, it seemed like after the All-Star break or even a little bit before that, after that first, in that first season, Didi's been more than you could have ever dreamt of. Absolutely. And you even heard in her interview with Lance McCullers Jr., he specifically singled out Didi as the probably he gets, the, he gets as, eaten up in this lineup. They Yes Network put out a projected lineup, and I honestly can't even take it seriously because even they had Tyler Wade starting, but they had Didi like sixth or seventh, and it just makes me laugh. But it's true. This guy is going to be a six hitter probably. Do you see him batting anywhere higher than sixth? I would like to try him at second, but you mm. know they're not going to go lefty lefty. You just, I don't like him at second. We, we talked about that. We talked about how we don't like him as a two hitter. He's just not a two hitter. I never said that. Yeah, you I, did. I'll go back and I'll play it. You can find it, but I've been, I'm, you been said, want- you said, do you really want Didi as a two hitter? And I said, not really. And you said, not really. Right. I'll go back. No, I think we were talking about Aaron Hicks. No, I said Aaron Hicks should be, and you agreed with me. Hicks would be my my go-to number two because he's a switch hitter. The only reason why I am would be against it is because I know they have the hard-on for bat and lefties back-to-back in the lineup, and I just don't see them breaking that. Well, we're going to see how much of that was Joe or how much of that was Cashman. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Because uh, it also came out this week that Joe Girardi is going to be an analyst for MLB Network this Good season. For him. And what are you going to do when uh, you get a little lineup out there? And he goes, Guardy, Didi, back to back in the lineup. <laughs> he's going to have a an, he's going to have a stroke <laughs> on the air. No, I think Boone is going to be a guy who I think he's so well respected already in this organization with guys like Cashman that he's not going to be scared to say, "Hey, this is my lineup, and this is what I'm putting out there." And until it's until it fails, we're going with it. And if he wants Hicks batting too, or if he wants back-to-back lefties or so on and so forth, he's going to put it out there until it fails, until Cashman says, okay, we're going to go back to what I'm doing. I really believe that. He's got to let Boone manage That's what I'm saying. And I think for at least the first couple months, you're going to see all of what Aaron Boone has planned as a manager and not so much the, the office, you know, trying to tell him what to do and where to play guys and where to hit guys and so on and so forth. And they're going to let it, they're going to let it, you know, play out and see how it goes. And if it fails, then we'll be back to the Joe Girardi era. What do you mean? With what we thought was always Joe resting guys. And that's not going to change. I guarantee you it's not going to change. The, the resting is not going to change. Okay. Uh, it's just a new philosophy in baseball. Nobody plays 160 games anymore. Isn't it crazy that 
you look back on what Cal Ripken Jr. did. And it's like, insane. it, you don't, it's just, it's something that will never even come close to happening ever again. Ever. It's crazy. That record is one of the most incredible records in all sports, in my opinion. And it leads Cal Ripken Jr. to be overrated. <laughs> just a tad, yeah. But come on, he was a great player. He was a great player, but if he doesn't have that record, he's not an all-time great. I agree. I'll agree with that. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. If a guy plays 155 games in a year now, he's considered like an Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Easily. But you know what? I got on the Yankees case a little bit too much because when you look at these guys, they, they played a lot of games. He didn't, he wasn't too, too crazy with the resting. When it came down to it at the end of the year, these guys played almost every single day. You know what used to piss me off? When the Yankees would gain a game on the Red Sox or whatnot, and they were only two back, and then they'd lose a game. And then the next day, you were like, okay, let's just go out there. Let's put our best lineup forth, win the game, and it's not a big deal. And then this lineup would come out because apparently they had to rest all these guys, and it looked like a triple-A lineup. And then we just throw away that game, too. That's what used to piss me off. Trying to see how many games Judge played last year. Because he, I think he played more games than anybody on the team last year. I think he played 150. He definitely played over 150. I just want to see uh, how how many he played. Because if you think outside of uh, that botched, uh, what do they call it, the reset of Aaron Judge? Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, where we go here? Last year, out of the healthy players, we had Guardy played 151. Wow, that's shocking to me. Uh, Headley played 147. Are you talking about games started though? Are you talking about just games played? It doesn't. I'm, game started, game played. I would consider the same thing because okay. you're still playing these guys. All right. Because if you because you know Girardi would always say. If I gotta put him into a game, it's not really giving him a day off, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we had, what did I say? We had Headley with 147, Guardy 151, uh, Didi would be, uh, missed a month, but he still played 136 games last year. Wow. And then, uh, Judge led the team with 155 games last year. There you go. So. So that's really not bad. That's no. actually pretty good. And he did remember he, he didn't, the shoulder, they never sat him. I mean, he had that one game where he was reset, which was really, hey, that no, whole thing knock was wood, screwed up. Knockwood, outside of Aaron Hicks, this team stayed pretty healthy this year. Uh, no, it didn't. Yeah, it did. All your big guys stayed pretty healthy. Gary Sanchez missed six weeks. Okay, that was the beginning of the season. It doesn't matter. He still missed it. <sighs> Starlin Castro played 112 games last year. Remember, he was basically gone. From like June to August. Oh, I forgot about Castro. Didi missed time. Ellsbury only played 112 games last year. Matt Holiday, who I don't, he might, he might be in the witness <laughs> protection program, played 105 games. Do you think Matt Holiday played his final games last year? Absolutely. Uh, Aaron Hicks only played 88 games last year, which yeah. is surprisingly low. I know he was hurt, but, but I mean, somebody asked us, uh, has there any been any talk or anybody signed Matt Holiday? And I felt like laughing. I was like, have you seen the caliber of player that's out there right now? And you think Matt Holiday is getting a job? 
Yeah, but he's a one-year kind of guy that would take anything. It doesn't, yeah, but still, he showed he had nothing left. And it, it's sad because I really like Matt Holiday. I love Matt Holiday. I loved him on this team. But I actually credit Castro's injury to a big reason why this team fell apart for a while. He, he was a big bat in that lineup all year. I said that. And when he got hurt, this team wasn't the same offensively. That's, that was me again. Okay, yeah. Definitely you. Definitely you. Every night. Everything's you. Every night when this team wouldn't score runs, I said, I would tell you, because Castro's missing in this lineup. Well, it just goes back to, you know, anyone looking in just sees Starling Castro, but when you really break it down, Castro rounds this lineup out more than just himself. He's protecting guys. He's got guys, you know, in front of him that are getting on base and he's bringing them in. It's more than just Starling Castro. It's about rounding out a lineup. And I told you this. I thought for the first six, maybe eight weeks of the season, he was the MVP of the team. He was. He was batting 330 plus. So, and he went down. And now he's really went down. <laughs> yeah, now, now he's on a team that he, that he publicly said he doesn't want to be on. So, that should be fun. I think the Yankees should offer Tyler Wade and maybe like uh like twelve they get to play twelve games at Steinbrenner Field or something like that <laughs> and see if they give us cash and pick up three million dollars of his contract or something like that. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. I bet you they'd do it. That sounds fair. Sounds like Jeter would do just about anything at this point. Speaking of Jeter, did you hear what he said? No. He said that he loves the Yankee fans more than the Yankee fans love him. <laughs> Doubtful. Doubtful. Then he could take me out to dinner if he wants then. And do you know if the Yankees are definitely playing the Miami Marlins this year? Yes, they are. At Yankee Stadium. At Yankee Stadium. And as the other quote that Jeter said, he will not be here for those games. Nor should he be. He said it would be too weird being in Yankee Stadium rooting against the Yankees. Yes, nor should he be. Shouldn't be for a long time. He has every right to be here. I understand that. I'm saying for him personally, I think... That shouldn't happen for a long time. So. You have to agree, though. It, it would be weird for him to be in Yankee Stadium in an opposing situation. Do you think the Yankees rushed all of his ceremonies yes, and absolutely. everything because yeah. they f- they could foresee him owning a team quicker than any of us could have imagined? You knew the it wouldn't ru- be as the rumors special. have been out there before. Rumors were out there that he was interested in buying the Marlins before the ceremony even took place. So Yeah, so um, I think that that's a big reason why they rushed everything. It wouldn't have been as special. Because it would have been weird bringing the Miami Marlins owner in to retire his number. Right. Even though that they were coming here this year, they could have done it. You know, figure, you know, Jeets, why don't you, you know, come up. But then, you know, he's pulling this where he doesn't want to be here. and Yeah. I just think that it was the it was probably the right time to do it. They had all the rumors circulating around him, maybe owning a team. So they just said, you know, let's just. And we were there for it. I wasn't blown away by this ceremony. And it fell on Mother's Day, and you knew how important it was to him to have that honor on Mother's Day. And the worst part of it was that ESPN had it. The and worst part of everything it was rushed. Is I was. That was the first time I had gotten out of bed in like four days. I was so ridiculously sick that week. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And I didn't even know who... That was annoying. I didn't even know who the woman you were with was because your wife had cut and colored her hair. It was the first time I'd seen her. And we pulled in a parking lot. I said, there's Chris. And I said, who the hell is that? Wit? And then I was like, 
Okay. <laughs> but, like, you couldn't even applause for Jeter long enough to, like, let it sink in. They were rushing everything because ESPN was on a, you know, a schedule. Yeah. That kind of stunk. That was in the middle of a doubleheader, too. I mean, if they didn't cut the fans off, we could have gone for 10 minutes giving him a standing ovation. It was more like 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, the whole day was kind of botched because you think about it, it was in, it was in between a doubleheader. The first game the Yankees came out, they scored a bunch of runs and then, but nobody was really there because everybody started trickling in because that wasn't the scheduled game. The scheduled game was the right. Sunday night game. And then, you know, you had some people there that were already there and they were kind of like out of it because they sat through a game already. And then, like you said, ESPN had control of it. So they're, they don't give anything any time to breathe. And then you got up after the ceremony to go take a piss and get a hot dog. And then you sat down and they were down eating nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was bad. All right. Tanaka pitch. Yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I maybe went I, to, I actually left. Yeah. I left early too. I left in like the fourth inning or fifth inning. I think I waited to see, I think Judge was, I was maybe thinking about going in like the fifth or sixth, but then I plotted and I said, I'll wait till Judge comes up again. And I, I don't, yeah. even, I don't I remember think we if he, both left. He might have struck time. out or he hit a home run, which is what he's prone to do. So, <laughs> yeah. And then after that, at bat, I left. What was I going to say? And I never leave games, but it was just such a, such a miserable energy. Yeah. Once they, after all that happened and then they went down eight nothing or whatever it was, it was just miserable being there. I went to probably, I don't know what, eight games last year, and I think Tanaka pitched five of them, and in four of them, the game was over before the third inning. Yeah, yeah I went to a lot of Tanaka games last year, unfortunately. All right, so one more little quick thing we're going to do before we get into the Getting to Know NYY Sports Talk segment is I wanted to bring this up last week because I actually heard it on WAFAN last week, but I forgot what everything else that we were doing. Guy was on, guy called in with, with Evan. I don't know what you're going to say right now, by the way. Christian's been holding this for me. With our pal Ev. Yeah. Hey, Ev. He wasn't on this week. I wonder what happened to him. I don't know. I'll text him. All right. <laughs> you know Benigno's going in for a hip operation. Really? Right? Yeah. Good luck. My mother had a bolter hip well wishes. Place, so it's not, a, it's not as bad as it used to be. Well wishes to Joe. I love Joe. Bro. Oh. All right, so anyway. Can I say something before you yes, keep going? Yes, yes. I'm listening to Boomer and Geo. I don't listen to them. And let me tell you something. Geo won the hearts of many New York listeners this past week doing his Mike Francesa and Joe Beningo impressions. But you know he Giannotti was here. He was uh, – he was – was he Joe and Evan's uh, producer or Mike's? Pro- he was a producer here. Then he left because he got a job in Pittsburgh. And oh, now he's really? Back. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was on the field for a long time. Man. Yeah, he was dead on. It was. Oh, he was hysterical. great. I used to because when I he used to when we worked at Pizza Express, he was on the fan, and they used to bring him in to do the the mic imitations. <laughs> because they, I don't know if you heard these rumors about Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando. Yeah, I heard them. So, Gio goes, imagine a caller calling into Francesa, bringing up the prior rumors, and he's going, wait a second, wait a second. Brian didn't sleep with Brandon. He's screaming in the back. It was great. He goes, bro, bro, come on. I asked you once off air, I'm going to ask you again, could you stop playing with yourself? 
It's either that, for some reason, you're really playing, excited right I'm now. I'm playing with my sweatshirt. Or your balls are stuck to the side of your leg because you're such a dirt monger and you don't clean yourself. I'm playing so, with my sweatshirt. So tell me, what is it? Are you excited? I'm playing right? with my sweatshirt. Yeah, okay. All right, whatever. <laughs> at least the fans at home know what yeah, I'm dealing with that's here. That's great. That's great. Mr. Sticky Balls over Sticky here. Sticky Balls. <laughs> Ugh. All right, so anyway, let's get, I heard it last week and I wanted to bring it up on the podcast last week, but got lost in the shuffle. This guy called in Evan's show and he said that he's a Yankee fan, but it means more to him when the Mets lose than when the Yankees win. So you're not a fan. <laughs> That's plain and simple. Plain and simple. You're not a fan. Someone was telling me a story last night about this guy who claims to be a diehard Patriots fan. But he missed the first half of the Super Bowl because he was going to pick up illegal substances from another friend. And I said, that person is not a fan. So you're buying drugs during the Super Bowl. Yes. You should have your drug but purchases you- <laughs> done and over with before kickoff. MIY Sports Suck does not condone drug use. Just just to throw that out there. Even though I didn't vote for him, like Murph, I mean, like you said you were going to legalize marijuana. So I'm just <laughs> saying. But yes – we don't condone drug use, and say, but marijuana. I mean, come on, eh. I'm, I'm gonna a, get yelled I'm not at. For, a marijuana guy. I'm, like, I'm gonna get yelled at for saying that. By Sorry. Way. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you gonna smoke pot now? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're an idiot to that person. I hope they're a fan of our show. I so? hope they listen. And you're an idiot, and that's what I say to that. I didn't get it. I was like, I'm listening. I'm like, how could you honestly sit there and say you're a fan of the Yankees, but it means more to you when the Mets lose than when the Yankees you're win? You're just a troll. That's what you are. So the Mets won 20 games next year, and the Yankees won 103 and win the World Series. The fact that the Mets won 20 games is more important to you than that World Series? And you know what? Unfortunately, that's a typical baseball fan now because baseball is just not – I mean – there's a different breed of fan that sits there and appreciates the game the way we do and the way many, many others do. But the typical baseball fan that shows up now, they're just there to say they're there, unfortunately. The worst part of being a Yankee fan is dealing with all the Yankee fans. He's air quoting. And then when you go to the stadium, the tourist, because like it's a tourist attraction. Right. And then you sit next to this, these I don't care. Euro trash that wear their, their, their fanny packs and their, their skinny <laughs> jeans with the legs rolled up and they're like, baseball? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, like, why? Why? <laughs> they're there for Monument Park. All right. So, um, what the hell was I going to say? Oh my God. I think we're going into the, I have two him. bets. I made two bets this week. I want to get your take on them. Okay. One of the one of the vendors I deal with, uh, a Boris head guy. He's a big Met fan. Okay. I got a. We got two dinner bets out. No vacation bets. No vacation bets. You freak. You got called out on that, by the way. Yeah. No, you did. Families vacation together, right? Yeah. Yeah. So screw you. Yeah. Even though you're, I'm not going to ever pay up on that. Yeah, you are. No, you are. Um, if the Mets win more than 79 games, I have to take this guy to dinner. 
Okay. And if the Yankees win more than 92 games, he has to take me to dinner. He's definitely taking you to dinner. I can tell you that. I think you might be taking him to dinner too. I think the, I think the Mets will be above 500, to be honest. I really do. I don't think they'll be anywhere near winning the division, but I think they'll be an above 500 team. I think they needed to get Collins out of there. They've made a lot of shrewd maneuvers this offseason. They, you know, maneuvers, maneuvers. If you think about it, they got Jay Bruce three for 36 or three for 39, that was whatever a nice it was. By them. I hit 30 home runs last year. Yeah, no, that was, that was a nice signing. Todd Frazier is a good signing. I Even agree. bringing back Reyes on a $3 million deal is good. They did a, kick they did the a tires on a minimum deal for Adrian Gonzalez. They didn't, uh, they didn't do anything that like was too shocking and, you know, you couldn't. They brought in Anthony Swarzak. I know he was a pile of shit when he was here, but he's turned himself into one of the better middle relievers yeah. in the game. I think they made the right moves for, for them right now. Because they're not going to go out there and they're not going to bring in a big name player. They're not going to spend a bunch of money. So these are nice things for them to do to su- supplement their team. And if Cavoyo's hey, healthy and Cespedes is healthy, they, they got a de- decent team. You know, they have and, a decent and team. And hey, but really what it comes down to with them is DeGrom and Syndergaard. If they stay healthy, the Mets will actually be a good team next year. They could win 86 plus games. I really, I really believe that, but those guys, they just have proven time and time again they can't stay healthy. So, Who And knows? you know what? The biggest wild card to their season, I know you hate his guts, but Matt it's Matt Harvey. Because imagine Matt Harvey comes back. And if he's Matt Harvey pitcher. is Matt Harvey and Syndergaard and DeGrom are healthy, I, I mean. They're a top team. They really, really are. They don't. You don't have to score a lot of runs. Because we know it's about pitching. We know it's all about pitching. All right, so enough talk about the Mets. This is not NYM Sports Talk. This is NYY Sports Talk. Um, and it's now time for the Getting to Know NYY Sports Talk segment of the show. We got we got some good responses here, some good questions. Um, so this is in conjunction with the big Gene Monahan interview coming out Tuesday. I'm so excited. And I talked to Mr. Monahan over this past week. You know, I sent him over the the final draft of the article um, just to get his approval, his blessing, and he is ecstatic about this. He's very, very excited. So I'm excited for the fans, our followers, everyone to get to know him the way we were able to. And as honestly, there's no disrespect intended to Katie Sharp. As phenomenal as her interview was. Monahan's is so much better because it peels back the curtain a little bit. Well, Katie Sharp was more of an outside. But that's what Yankee. I'm saying. This is someone who is was in the middle of the dynasty. He was there for so many several years. dynasties too. It's it, it's just and I it's and an that's what I'm saying. Interview. No disrespect intended to Katie, but I think our fans are going to want to hear what it was like to be in. Sort of like we could say, say in the trenches with some of these teams. Absolutely. All right. So this is the getting to know NYY sports talk, uh, segment of the show here. It's also a contest. If you send us in a question, you have a choice of prize you can win. Uh, I have a CC Sabathia figure from Sports Crate. I have, um, the Yankees cap from the Yankees universe membership this season 
or the big mystery prize. So it's up to you if you want to roll the dice on the mystery prize. It could be something better. It could be something not as good. That's could why be, it's a mystery. Could be a. I don't even want to know what I was gonna say. It will not have a Yankee way. logo on it. So okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so after we announce the winner, um, we're we're gonna do the same thing I like to do all the time. Announce the winner on the show. You have till Wednesday to get back at us. If you get back at us before we tweet the winner, you get a bonus prize. How about they could just pick two prizes? No, they get a bonus prize. Okay. All right. I think that's fair. Fair. All right. So let's get into the questions here. Uh, Grady, who is at rough for rough, uh, I don't know, rough, rough cut. Great. Just call him Grady. Okay. Brady wants to know if we could choose any player on any other team to join the Yankees, who would we pick? Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I I would be pretty much in agreement with that. Clayton Kershaw. If Clayton Kershaw was on this team, I wouldn't even have to watch. This I think team. he's the only guy in Major League Baseball that could make a major difference on the Yankees right now. I agree. All right. Deal. <laughs> Great question. Just easy answer. Easy answer. William Parker at William Bunch of Numbers here. Wants to know, would we or do we already wear Yankees underwear or boxers? No, I free ball when I come here. Yeah, I know, because you've been playing with yourself <laughs> for the last three hours. Yeah. You got here shortly after 11 o'clock. It's uh, about 12.20 as we record now. And he's still playing. I'm playing with my ring. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I do not currently own a pair of Yankee boxers, but of course I'd wear them. Yeah, I don't know why I wouldn't wear them. <laughs> so what's your pre- let's let's take it one step further. What's your preference? Briefs. B, you're a briefs guy. Oh yeah, y'all, you look like a briefs guy. Boxer briefs. Yeah, bo- no, you said briefs. There's a difference. Oh well, boxer briefs. Like I can't do tighty whiteies. I need boxer briefs. You would be the guy to wear tighty whiteies and then have that giant skid mark going. You're up. disgusting. The the listeners to this should be disgusted. They should be disgusted by, yeah, by me. By All right. you. Blessed mom at summer lover. Summer loving had me a blast. She wants to know how we both got involved in this field. What was your major in college? And can she pass on any tips for her son in sports management in huge Yankee fan? My major in college was baseball. Your major in college was plumbing. <laughs> Uh, my major in college changed every single year because I had no clue what I wanted to be or do. I was recruited to play baseball and that's what I did. And that's all I cared about. And that's why I dropped out early. And we got into this because of our passion for the Yankees. And this has actually been something you've always wanted to do. Yeah. I've, um, and, you know, it took me, uh, Nine years or eight years to graduate college. No, I'm not a doctor. I just was very indecisive over what I wanted to do. A lot of people go to, go to college for seven years. I didn't want to go to college after high school, but you know, I kind of got forced. My dad said either you go to college or you get the hell out of my house. So I thought college was a better option. <laughs> and then I dropped out after three semesters, you know, bounced around, couldn't find a job, went back part time, then said, Hey, let's do this thing for real. Uh, degrees in business administration, which basically I can wipe my ass with these days. <laughs> and to answer the, the sports management part of that, good luck to your son. It was her son. Yeah. But I know firsthand from family members that it's just very difficult. You got to find someone to, to get your foot in the door 
and take it from there. How, like you said, like how we got involved in this, it's just been a passion of ours and it was, I guess it was the right time for both of us to, to try our hand at this. Yep. And, uh, like Chris said, I was, I was back that sentiment. Best of luck to your son. And my tip to him would be if you're passionate about it, don't quit until you get to where you want to go. And listen, we started this as two Joe Schmoes and now we're interviewing people like Gene Monahan, Jim Abbott, which is coming you, out. You, you drop a little spoiler alert on them. No, I, I tweeted it. Oh, all right. Um, you know, we're in talks with some other big names that we're not at the liberty to announce just yet. Um, but we, we got this far by taking risks, reaching out to people that we weren't too sure we're ever going to respond. And they did. Look, the worst thing anybody's ever going to say to you is no. And if they say no, right. there's just keep going down the list. You find a contact, you reach out to them and you keep reaching out until you strike, strike gold. So. If this is something your son really wants to do, just, he's just got to put the work in and work hard and just be that guy that, that's there when other people aren't. Just be that guy. That's it. All right. Thanks for the question, Summer Lover. We hope you had a blast. Such a... Come on. You, everybody likes Grease, okay? Come never on. saw it. Never will hate it. Oh, my God. You're the worst person <laughs> in them. You really are. Scar the New Yorker. Scar. I think he's uh, Noah Syndergaard's brother. Maybe. For the both of us, thank you for not uh, singling one of us. <laughs> he wants to know what my gr- our greatest childhood memory is. Doesn't have to be baseball related. Just an overall favorite part of your childhood that makes you who you are. I don't know if there's any one thing that makes me who I am today. Uh, but my greatest memory has to be a baseball memory. It was 1998. And the Yankees won the World Series. I had a couple friends over from where I lived in the neighborhood. And I just remember they won. We went crazy. And we ran into the bathroom and turned the sink on. And we took <laughs> the water and started throwing it over our heads like it was. we thought it was champagne. <laughs> and I'd say from that point on, I just was a diehard baseball fan. And baseball is a huge part of my life. So, in a sense, it has made me who I am. I don't have one baseball memory that really stands out because it's just something that me and my dad always did together. Um, so I can't, there's, there's another question where I'll tell this, I told the story on air, but I'll tell it again. So I'll tell that when we get to that question. Um, one memory as a kid that really stands out to me is, uh, and I'll show you the, your, the exact urinal if you win your bet. Nope. <laughs> uh, I was on, on vacation with my parents, see the Wildwood thing didn't just start with me and my wife. It's where, you know, we went as a family when I was younger. I was probably 10 or 11 years old and we were on the boardwalk, me, my dad, my sister and my mother. And I had to go to the bathroom. So I told my dad, I said, I'm going in there to go to the bathroom. And this huge man, huge, huge, this huge man comes in, he enters and he literally eclipsed the entire lighting of <laughs> Of the, of the bathroom. And he was so big, he took up like three urinals. So there was only four. I'm, I'm in the furthest one down, but, and then he's so big, he takes up the other three. I look at him and I'm like, and I'm saying to myself, I know this guy. I know who this is. And I'm trying to, but I couldn't remember. I was like, I couldn't pick, remember where I knew him. I just knew I saw his face before. 
And then he, he does his thing, you know, everybody does their thing, he walks out. I walk out, he comes out behind me, he goes, hey, you. I'm like, oh, sh-. like, what happened here? And he's like, do you know who I am? And then it clicked on me, it was King Kong Bundy. I don't, who is that? He was a professional wrestler. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, Wildwood now has, um, uh, what do they call it? The Wildwood Event Center, this auditorium yeah, 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 or yeah. something. It's more like a glorified high school gym, but it's nicer now. WWE actually goes down there. They get, they get some well-known people to do shows and stuff down there. But back what, then it was just basically like just dive. So like these indie guys and guys that I don't want to disrespect Mr. Bundy, but guys that were past their prime, they'd go do shows down there or whatever. So he was down there for a show and he was with this beautiful Asian woman who now King Kong Bundy's like 450 pounds. This woman was like 95 pounds soaked and wet, but <laughs> he, um, what did he say? He goes, do you know who I am? And I'm like, yeah, you're King Kong Bundy. He goes, yeah. And you didn't run away from me when I came in the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I was like, I, what am I going to do? I'm paying here. So he says, uh, most people run away from me when I enter a room. He goes, but you didn't. And I was like, I'm, I'm like, this is King Kong Bunny. Was like, he what hitting am I on you? So I mean, what he, yeah, it was kind of, you think about it, it's kind of weird. Kind of creepy. He goes, um, so you know who I am? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, he reaches in his shirt and he pulls out two tickets for the show the next night. He's like, are you guys in town the next night? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, here, this is for you and your dad. He goes, come see me at the auditorium That's for pretty my cool. match. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you a, another, an add on to that. This kid that I was hanging out with at the time, I might have been older. I might have been like 12, right? I told him that I met King Kong Bundy that summer when we went back to school and his uncle used to manage the bar at the Holiday Inn in town. And he thought I was friends with King Kong Bundy from the story. <laughs> so Bundy was there doing an autograph signing at a convention at the, at the, um, at the hotel. So he went up, this kid went up to King Kong Bundy like he was his best friend. Oh and Bundy God. said to him, get away from me, kid. I'm not a babysitter. <laughs> and he was crying, crying. And he's like, I thought you were friends with King Kong Bundy. I was like, how did you get that from the story that I told? Oh, he just creepily asked me to a show in a bathroom. <laughs> uh, that's so, yeah, good. that's like a memory as a kid that I guess really stands out. I mean, I, other memories are, you know, faded. Faded, yeah. Fade it. Fade it. So I'll, I'll add on to my memory just really quickly. It was one of my first Yankee games my grandfather took me to. And we're walking. It was Royals, Yankees. And we're walking past the Royals bullpen. And out steps this guy I've never seen before. And my grandfather looked at me and he goes, you should take a picture with this guy. He's going to be Yankee one day. David Cohn. Put his arm around me. Oh, yeah. Took a picture with me. That's pretty cool. And I think the next year, two years later, he was a Yankee. When did he get traded? 95 or 96, right? 90, he was definitely here in 95 because he gave up the game winning I hit, think it right? was either 93 or 94 when I took the picture with him. All right. Megan Lynn Allen at Megan Lynn Allen wants to know, what is your embarrassing Netflix guilty pleasure show? Orange. I've never Orange. seen it. Orange is the new black. That's a guilty pleasure for you? Yeah. I don't Come know on. if I have a guilty pleasure. You show don't walk around as a man and brag about watching Orange is the New Black. I mean, I watched New Girl. Would you consider that? Mm, yeah, I would. I watch it with my wife. So I tried that... getting into that. 
I, I liked it. It was funny, but I just couldn't get into it. Is that considered a guilty pleasure when you watch it with your wife? Yes. All right, fine. Then we'll, we'll say New Girl. Okay. All right. Eli is freed. Uh, his avatar is Eli Manning, so I don't know what that means, but OBJ Mellow and Eli is his handle. He wants to know what your favorite moment at a Yankee game ever is. Excuse me. Favorite moment at a Yankee game ever. Yeah. It's it's tough because I was there when they won the pennant in 09, and that was one of the craziest nights ever. Uh, it, it was just insane, but something that was just – like you knew that it was going to happen that night. Andy Pettit was on the mound. I knew that that was going to happen. But I'll go back to when Jeter was chasing Gehrig. What year was that? 2009. Yeah. Me and my buddy from college, we went to the game. He was, he was four hits away, I believe, from tying the record. And we were like, screw it. Let's just get tickets. Maybe by some off chance, Jeter will have a five hit night and break the record. And as the game started, we're like, all right, if he starts with a base hit, we're X amount away. And by the last at bat, he tied the record. And I was there when he tied Lou Gehrig. And that, that moment, because it, we weren't really expecting him to have a night the way he did, was one of the coolest moments ever. I have three that come to mind. Uh, I'll rank them in order. Cause I can't, I don't want to leave any of them out. Number three would be this past year with you. With the and, wild card. And the wives at the wild card game. Yes. And after Didi hit that home run oh. and we just went, Bonkers. We just didn't stop after and I, that. I still think your wife has broken ribs over the sandwich <laughs> she got caught in. Uh, number two would be uh, 2004, the division series against the Twins. It was just a wild m- moment. Uh, it was. It had to be game one. I believe it was game one. I forget. A-Rod either hit a double or a sack fly to win the game or tie the game. I don't really remember the exact moment, but I was with two other guys. It was me, my buddy Greg, and my buddy Lou. And Lou had left the, the trio seats to sit behind us because nobody was sitting there. And then uh, after the run scored, you know, everybody's going crazy. We're looking around. Where's Lou? Where's Lou? Couldn't find him. All of a sudden, he peeks his head up from the f- ground. <laughs> he had gotten so animated. We didn't see him because he was behind us. He had gotten so excited that he jumped, caught his heel on on one of the seats, and had fallen all over. Oh, my God. But actually, we'll rank that three because I don't really talk to those guys anymore. We'll put you at number two. Okay, thanks. And number one, uh, 1995 Game 1 ALDS. Uh, it, that was amazing to be there for Don Mattingly's uh, first playoff yeah, series. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um. And I'll tell you a quick story here. I was in seventh grade and I was in school and, you know, they paged over the intercom. Uh, could you send Christian to the principal's office? His dad is here. And my immediate reaction is my mother's dead. Why else <laughs> oh my would my God. dad be at school right now? <laughs> so I see him sitting there. I'm sorry. I'm like, I was like, oh, my God, mommy's dead. <laughs> 
<laughs> Awful. And he, because why else would my dad be at school? Like something had to have happened. <laughs> so he, the prince, he says, just be quiet. He goes, just come with me. Don't say anything. Just come. So I, I go, we get out of school. He goes, so I'm, I'm like, like <laughs> he goes, everybody's fine. We're going to the Yankee game. And I started screaming. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to the game. <laughs> so he took, we went to the game and the, I'm telling you, the way that place went berserk after Manley hit the home run, not, I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. You couldn't beat that. I have to add one more memory. Before the whole steroid usage came out, I was a huge, huge Roger Clemens fan. And I was at the game against the Seattle Mariners when they kind of quieted down the audience and told us they had a special surprise. And all of a sudden, Roger Clemens is up on the big screen. Roger Clemens <laughs> is in George Steinbrenner's box. You were and there? I was there, man. And you want to know the best part of that? Other than Clemens, there was a bench-clearing brawl that game. I believe, I think you're right. I'm definitely right. Oh, I was there. So that was just a pretty awesome day for me at All that right. game. So we got uh, zero bucks here. Zero bucks were given. <laughs> if we weren't Yankee fans, which team in the ads, not the Mets, would you follow? That's tough. I would probably be a Braves fan only because they were on TBS as a kid, and I watched a lot of Braves games. My uncle because works they were, for the Braves, so maybe I would. They were they were just always on. So if the Yankees weren't on, I was I was watching the Braves because you got to remember in our in my youth anyway, Sports Channel was a paid network. You had to have yeah. a different uh, cable package, so the Mets weren't always on, and the Braves were. So I watched a lot of Braves games. So I, I actually. For some odd reason, used to like the A's a lot. But I'll go with Braves. I'm going to go with the Braves. I like that. And then uh, Jewish Muscle wants to know which is our second favorite baseball team. Uh, like I said, uh, I don't really have one, but the Braves will probably always have like that second spot because, like I said, I grew up watching a lot of Braves games. So, uh, you know, I guess if I had to pick one, I, I would say the Braves. Okay. I don't really have a second, to be honest. Not, that's what I'm saying. I don't really have one, but if a team besides the Yankees were to win the World Series, I would probably be rooting for Atlanta Braves. Okay. All right. Donnie, whose handle is Judge99MVP, wants to know what our, fef- our second favorite sport is and what our favorite team in said sport oh, is. I don't really have a second favorite sport. If I had to pick hockey and the Rangers. Oh, I mean, Chris makes fun of me all the time. I'm a New York Giants fan, so. so. All right. So, um, Sonny Boy here at underscore Sonny wants to know what our favorite baseball movie is. 61. Easy. Done. Sandlot? Done. Yeah, okay. Worse. No, it's, it's 61 and he adds why. I mean, have you seen this? Have you seen the movie? Yeah. It is I, such a, it's not just the best baseball movie. It's one of the best movies ever made. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. No, I would. I would not. I'm gonna. I wouldn't. I'm not going to go that far. I'm gonna, you could, I but I'm not. I just went that far. All right. So now we're in an argument because you're an asshole. <laughs> so Gino at SFLL coach wants to know what is the odd, oddest arguments we've ever had with each other. And you told, you saw this, you said you wanted to handle this. So I'm going to sit back. I'll let you handle this and then I'll interject when so. I feel necessary. We 
became friends because we worked at a pizzeria together. Christian was like 30. I was like 15. So it was a little more reasonable that I was working there. But he comes and delivers food to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a good guy. I'm going to give him a $5 tip. And he expected a good tip because I worked there also. And we hadn't met face-to-face really up to that point. Let's just say that it's an unwritten rule that if you deliver food that you're expected to tip somebody and tip them well because you know what it's like. And I always do. I always do. Um, So then the next day our boss tells me that Christian's mad at me because I didn't tip him even a dime. And I said, no, I tipped him $5. If the guy could count, he would know I tipped him $5. And it caused this big thing at work that Christian hated me, thought I was a cheap prick, and didn't tip him. And to this day, he still tells me that I didn't tip him. But it caused Christian, when we started working the same shift, to treat me like I was (laughs) beneath him in more ways than one. And he, if I annoyed him, he used to yell at me to go sit in the corner and make boxes. And one day I wasn't going to put up with this shit anymore. And I was making some type of an annoying noise. And (laughs) he looked at me very seriously. And he said, if you make that noise again, I'm going to staple you in the arm. So me being me, I made the noise again. And the next thing you know, my arm is gushing blood. And I have a staple, I have a staple hanging out of my arm. <laughs> it wasn't hanging out of your arm. It was fully in your arm. <laughs> I My shirt was stapled to my arm and I'm bleeding and he stapled me. <laughs> he stapled me and I was pissed. And that was probably the only, <laughs> if you even want to call it an argument, that was probably the only true argument we've ever had. <laughs> So can and I that's res- always his threat. That's always his threat to me now. If I'm pissing off, he goes, "I'll staple you right in your arm." <laughs> so to re, so now I can have rebuttal time here. A, we've beaten the stapling story to death. You were warned not to do it. <laughs> so in fairness to me, it's not like I just stapled you for the hell of it. I warned you. Uh... And as far as the five dollars goes, um, I know how to count. I know that you didn't tip me. And in fact, you even admitted so on my wedding day. You handed- I wanted it to be a perfect day for you. So, so I handed before you a $5 we got on, bill. Before we left my house to, for me to go get married, he gave me $5 and said, you're right. I want to end this charade. No. And I never tipped you because I'm a piece of garbage. No. And I can't count. No. That's what you I handed you a $5 bill and I said, here, here, pal, here's the five bucks I owe you. Just as like a kind gesture. I wasn't admitting that I didn't tip you because I did. And you know what? But funny? I wanted it. I didn't want it on your mind while you were getting married. Trust me, it wouldn't have <laughs> been on my mind. But anyway, funny though, a couple week or so ago, you said, and you changed your tune a little bit and you said, maybe I, maybe I didn't know how to count. Okay. You so didn't. maybe, maybe there's a chance that I thought I tipped you. I genuinely was trying to tip you five dollars see, see now but how the maybe, story changed after all these years maybe i didn't i'm not saying i can't you know i can't be positive but as far as i'm concerned i tipped you five it's not like i counted the money once matters. it's a thought that matters. it's not like i counted the money once put it in my pocket and walked away and said chris is a scumbag i counted it i counted it again and i went in the car said, chris is a scumbag. 
I counted it a third time and I went back to the pizzeria and I counted it a fourth time and it, there was no tip there. <laughs> well, the best is that like our boss wasn't the best well speaking English. No, he was an immigrant from Mexico. Let's, so let's call it what it is. He would, he would, he was a hard working guy, but he was an we immigrant. We love the guy. From, yeah. He's, he's, he's the best. We love them, but. So his English was bad. Let's but be realistic. He would about come it. up to you to start shit and he Oh, made, he was a shitster for real. Bro. Christians don't like you no more. <laughs> and I was like, what? Hey, Chris, bro, you don't tip him. <laughs> so I had no, so like from what Willie told me, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Then I had to hear through the grapevine that you hated me because I didn't tip you. I don't think I ever said I hated you. I didn't know you at the time to hate you. Mm. You called me a scumbag. I probably did call you a scumbag. So there you go. And how, and how our relationship has evolved. You never call me a scumbag anymore. Because I can, I feel more comfortable calling you way worse words now. All right, so where are we? Aaron at baseball underscore life twenty six wants to know what the first experience at a Yankee game was like for us. Oh, I have a good one with my dad. I'm putting aside the cone story because this came later, but this has to be my first like true memory because I don't remember the cone thing. I just remember seeing the picture. I was with my dad. I think it might have been the home opener. I'm not sure. In 96. And there's there was a rookie on the field signing autographs. And I look at my dad and I go, can I please run down there and get his autograph? And he looked at me and goes, you don't want that guy's autograph. He's a bum. He's some rookie bum. Okay. Okay, dad. Love you. You know who that bum was? Number two. Number two. Derek Jeter. Number two. Bum. Could have had his autograph, but my dad told me he was a bum, and I still don't let him live that down. Nor should you. Nor should I. Um, I, I think I ended up getting Ruben Sierra's autograph that day. That was my first autograph I ever received. Good job, Mr. Stace. Good job. <laughs> um, I'm sure I went to games before, but the one, I mean, my earliest memory, and I've told the story before, is I was with my parents and my sister in, I probably was like six and we were sitting field level and the Beach Boys were giving a concert after the game and I don't I even remember what now. the hell happened after the game, but I just remembered my dad dancing on the dugout like an asshole with my sister in his <laughs> arms. It's, and my mother was like super embarrassed. So my story was way better. Yeah, it experience. was, but you, he said your first <laughs> experience. I mean, like I said, I'm sure I had other experiences beforehand, but that's the first one that I remember because, you know. So, is that the last question? No, we still have uh, we have three more. All right. Actually, the, I'll tell a quick story here. A better one. I went to – my dad got us tickets. This was after I graduated high school. My dad got us four tickets. Me and my buddy, Greg, that I had mentioned before, my – buddy brian and i used to like in the old stadium get up around like the fifth or sixth inning and do one complete lap around the concourse i still do that and my dad didn't know that i liked doing that so he had sent my friends out to find me because he thought i had gotten abducted or killed or something and then i'm like couldn't have been that lucky yeah he wouldn't shut your mouth where would you be without me (laughs) 
right, Vic L zero one one wants to know um, any generation, any sport. Who's your favorite all time athlete? Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle. Or it's 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 a toss up. It's got to be for me. It's Jeter because I mean, you know, that's my guy. But I mean, yeah, it's got to be Jeets. I mean, Mickey, it's a toss up for me. The Mick would be the guy that I most wanted to have seen play, but. For guys that Agreed. I've seen play and grew up, it's Jeter. For me, it's a toss-up between Mantle, Jeter, Moe. And go ahead and say Tom Brady. And I know Tom you Brady. want to say Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady, yeah. You got well, it. Speaking of which, congratulations to your dirtbags down in Philly for winning that Super Bowl. Yeah. You shit-eating bums. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I said that, right? You saw the video? Of Kelsey's speech? No. There was oh, a, with the fires and stuff? The, there was a dude that literally ate horse shit off the ground. Really? Yes. Good for him. And then he freaked out, not because, um, how do you call it? He was eating horse shit. You got upset because the scarf he was wearing was getting in the horse crap. What did you say? The guy that ate the horse poop at the fill, after the Eagles won the uh-huh. Super Bowl. He wasn't, he got, then he got upset. Because the scarf that he was wearing was dangling in the horse crap. <laughs> Not that he had horse crap in his mouth. Nice. All right. Uh, we have two more left. Laura Navins wants to know, or Navins, however you say that, wants to know, how long have you been Yankee fans and what made you a fan of the team? Let me just answer this quickly. Uh, I was born a Yankee fan. There was really no other option to be a Yankee fan. So I've been a Yankee fan since my father loaded his sperm inside of my mother. So do you want me to be any more graphic than oh that? Oh my god. Do you want to go back and edit that? No. Okay. I'm leaving that. I'll I'll actually concur. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that wagon without actually saying it. Alright. Okay. Alright. So last question comes from Patrick from the Bronx to Belfast, a Yankees tale. Whatever the hell that means, you freak. <laughs> You've been so mean to Patrick, man. We got into a little tiff this week. I know. He called wrestling fake. I know. It really, it really, uh. Look, I'm not under any delusions here that it's. Yeah, it's, you are. It's, uh, we know, all know it's Patrick, a TV show. He's delusional. Hey, we know it's a TV show. It's so predetermined. Fake. It's not. It's not so fake. All right, let me pile drive you right now. <laughs> it's not fake. It's right. real. I love West Wing. All right, so Patrick wants to know why you are such a piece of garbage. He says, <laughs> at Chris Jr. underscore M-Y-Y-S-T, why are you such a piece of garbage? <sighs> Actually, it's a two-part question. He wants to know for me, what's my favorite all-time wrestling star? And this is what a guy Patrick is, right? Bashed wrestling, bashed wrestling, and then tweets me and says, The Undertaker is my favorite wrestler. Really? So you have a favorite wrestler, Patrick. He knows how to get under your skin. He's taking he's taking tips from me yeah. listening to the show and he knows how to get under your skin. And so, for that, I respect Patrick more than I can even describe. So he wants to know my favorite all time wrestling star. So did you guys get that? No. That's the Hulk Hogan theme song. Oh, of course Hulk Hogan would be. Well, I mean you know, a lot of things for me were seated in my childhood. So Hulk Hogan's the reason why I became a wrestling fan. My my favorite wrestling memory was of Hulk Hogan. And 
things that I did with my dad. Like I'm a huge Rocky fan because I watched Rocky four with my dad so many times when I was a kid. I'm a Yankee fan because that's what me and my dad did. We watched, we went to Yankee games. I became a wrestling fan because my dad, and I'll tell this, tell this real quick. Please, quick. Now I'm going to draw it out. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Everybody knows Saturday Night Live, yes. right? Back in the 80s and early 90s, it was replaced every six weeks or so by a wrestling show in its time slot called Saturday Night's Main Event. WWE would come on, replace it in that time slot. So one week, the main event was Hulk Hogan versus the Big Boss Man in a steel cage match. And my dad woke me up, and this was like midnight, to watch. Stop. Stop. Just stop your sighing. Because hopefully you'll be such a good dad to your kid that in 25 years he has a podcast and tells people of these great stories of you with him <laughs> instead of coming on here and saying, my dad doesn't wash his balls. You should see what it smells like in the house. So he woke me up and I think it was really done to piss my mother off because she knew what a cranky kid I would be if I was up at midnight. But I re- remember watching the match and Hulk Hogan suplexed the big boss man off the top of the cage. And at five, six years old, that was like the coolest thing I had ever seen to that point in my life. So I was just, I was just hooked after that. What's my question? He wants to know if you got offered to play a major role in a gangster film, who would you want to play? No one. I hate gangster films. I think people got confused with the tweet that you put out. It sounded like I, was watching mafia movies or gangster movies or whatnot. Because I'm the big fan of gangster films. Yeah, not me. So nobody. So you wouldn't want to play like... Um, if if a mobster ever killed you and they made a movie about it, I'd want to be that mobster. Yeah, would you? How's that? Because it'd be the only way you could ever murder right, me. Right, Because you, right, you just right, don't have it right, in right. right, right. I think I could be John Gotti. I'll tell you what. John Gotti's uh, daughter follows us on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, she does. So. Interesting. We had a little shout out to John Gotti. Yeah, I watched like three documentaries about him this week. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the movie uh, with Armand Asante that HBO did a few years ago. Then I watched something on uh, Reels about him. And then I watched something on uh, Netflix that Nat Geo had done. So I'm, yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Like, when the hell is the John Travolta John Gotti movie coming? I've been hearing about this forever. Like, it's supposed to, let's go. Well, let's let's tweet to her and see what's going on. I'm making an offer I can't refuse. And I've been trying to watch The Godfather 2 for like a whole week. Every time I put it on, I'm falling asleep because the movie's so damn long. Yeah. That's it? That wraps up the questions? Yeah. All right. So maybe this, this show's running a little bit longer, but we wanted to get to all the questions. So thank you guys so much for uh, sending in the questions on the getting to know NYY Sports Talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So now I'm going to get to do the random computer numberizer thingamajigger. So I'm going to punch it in here. Literally you, just a website. Literally just a website. And here it goes. Beep, pop, boop, pop, beep, beep, beep. And Sonny! Speak, see, we, see how talking he ta- about, yeah, talking about, yeah. Talking about gangster movies. And here you go. Sonny, Sonny Corleone or uh, Sonny from the Bronx Tale. So you got two major gangsters. Sonny right? the one who gets torn to shreds at the toll booth. Yeah, that's Sonny. It's awesome. So at underscore Sunny, you win. Uh, we'll tweet you out at um, we'll tweet you on Wednesday. But if you listen to the show, 
And before Wednesday's tweet and you get at us, DM us, say, hey, guys, they won. You get a bonus prize. Now, remember, you get to pick. You get the cap, the CC figure, or the mystery prize. Now, the mystery prize could be something really great. It could be um, my empty can of Red Bull. That, but it has to have a Yankee logo on it. That's what we told the people. So I'll put a Yankee sticker on it. Or it could be something not so great. It's up to you. You want to roll the dice on what the mystery prize... I know what it is. I already know what it is. But it's up to you to roll the dice. Or you can take the short bet on the Yankee cap or the CC figure. It's up to you. But congratulations to Sonny, at underscore Sonny. And there you go. So Good show this week. I enjoyed it. Good show leading leading up to actual content now. So again, Wednesday, the big Gino Monahan interview coming out on NYYSportsTalk.com. No. no, Tuesday. 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 Why Tuesday? February 13th. That's when pitchers and catchers Oh, yeah, report. yeah, okay. Let's not confuse anybody. Tuesday. 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 www.nyysportstalk.com for the Gino Monahan getting to in, uh, getting to know Gene Monahan interview that's coming out Wednesday's Valentine's Day. Just just don't be that guy. Don't, don't be, be that, that guy. guy. Don't be that don't guy. Don't be that guy. But okay. if you but if you are that guy, I'm going to say if, if you, you are, are that, that guy, guy Tweet us and tell us your story on how your wife or girlfriend reacted If you to are that. that guy, be that guy. If you are that guy, be that guy and then but tell for us. for most of you, don't be that guy. And I want to know how your wife or girlfriend or, you know, it's 2018, your boyfriend or husband reacted yeah, to that. I, so I agree. We want to know. Deal. Um, What else? Anything else you want to plug besides your mouth? That's it, man. You don't want anybody to swag up? You better swag up. Yeah, seriously, go on the website, get your, get your, uh, L, hashtag L Gary t-shirt. Serious. It's actually a very nice shirt. Very nice. Very nice. Very, very nice. Um, yeah, that's it, right? That's it. I don't feel like I have anything else to say unless you want anything else you want to say. No, there's nothing more to say. You have such a difficult time ending this show. I do, because I, I love our listeners so much, and I don't want to leave them. Yeah. Well, they want to leave you. All right. So they don't have to listen to the show. They choose to listen to the show. Right. They listen to it for the exemplary content that we give them. <laughs> All right. Thank you again. Thank you again for listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast. This was episode 28. Hopefully a very important number this season. Yeah. Will Aaron Boone wear it? No, he's not wearing it. He's wearing 17. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. He's not doing that. That's stupid. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Andrew – why do I always want to call him Andrew Romine? Austin Romine? Is wearing 28 this nice. year. Nice. Because Giancarlo – Jean. Jean. Did I tell you about this guy that I – Oh, that my I, God. He told me that he was the biggest Yankee fan because I had I was wearing a Yankee hoodie. I saw him, and he said, "Oh, I have the same Yankee hoodie." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "But you're not a real Yankee fan." I was like, "Okay." I hate when people say that to me because a, I'm, it's just not true, and b, I know I know more than you just from doing the show alone. Mm-hmm. Unless you are a member of the New York Yankees front office or team, mm-hmm. so I said to him, 
So I'm, I said to him, I'm, I'm having trouble here. Uh, who was the guy the Yankees acquired in that big trade with the Miami Marlins? And he goes, uh, his, I can't. His name's Carlos, Carlos, Carlos Stanton. <laughs> I was like, yeah, bro, go, go take a hike. Carlos Stanton. Carlos Santana. Yeah. You're, you gotta know those certain, you gotta know those things, right? Right. 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 NYYSportsTalk.com swag up. Go get yourself some fresh clothing. <laughs> So you don't scratch your balls the entire time you're doing a podcast with your friend. <laughs> Go get yourself a nice phone case, a nice hoodie, a nice El Gary t-shirt, whatever it is on there. Go get it. Go get it. There's a nice, um, uh, what do you call it? Discount code. You still got the discount code active? Yep. Still active. 10% off. So there you go. Um, yeah. Next week, maybe we could break down. You know what? We for, we did forget something, but we'll put it in here so we remember. We got to talk about Chad Green next week. All right. Deal. All right. Talk about Chad Green next week. We just ran out of time this week, but I think it'll be more prevalent once, you know, guys start throwing bullpens and stuff. I right? agree. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, Chris Jr. underscore NYYST, aka hashtag wash your balls. <laughs> I hope your wife listens to this week's episode. Me too. So yeah. do I. <laughs> I just do this to annoy you. I know. Right? And it annoys everybody because they don't want to keep listening. They can cut off when we're at a certain point. It's fine. This is for me. This is great. This is how I get my uh, enjoyment out of doing the show. Hey, Chris. What? <laughs> All right. Christian underscore NYYST. At NYY Sports Talk, you know the website, and... Hey, Chris. Mm. Chris. Mm. Christopher. Mm -hmm. Christopher David. Yep. Say goodbye. Peace!